aim to integrate military veterans and surviving family members into the trail running community. And so these folks oftentimes might be at loose ends um, and we feel like because we have benefited so much from being part of the trail running community and from trail running itself um, that these folks will benefit as well you know in the ways that we have like the whole idea was to be able to share in the way that originally trail running information was shared like on long runs talking in a group Welcome to another episode of Extra Tomorrows. I'm J. Scott Chapman. Today my guest is Liza Howard. Liza is a National Outdoor Leadership School Instructor, Coach, Competitive Ultra Runner, Mother, Writer of the I Run Far series called Age Hold Runners. Uh, you can find that on irunfar.com. And the leader and founder of an organization called Band of Runners. Welcome to the show, Liza. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. I think I almost said Eliza. Liza, Liza. It's okay. Yeah. Yep. You're good. Um, so, you know, to start off, just to kind of warm us up a little bit, I got to do a little obligatory fanboying. Um, so when I, the way that I, that Liza first came onto my radar was I'd started running in Austin and we went to the Hill Country Trail Runners monthly meeting at Manja and, uh, we would have different guests there. So like all sorts of celebrities of running and, you know, it was like early days of, widely accessible internet in the late aughts, I'd say. And um, some of our guests included like Caballo Blanco from, you know, the Born to Run, Micah True, that guy. Uh, folks telling you how to make your drop bags for like a hundred miler because there wasn't like quite yet blogs and that kind of information wasn't even circulating. Plus there weren't a ton of people doing even doing ultras. I'm like, I don't even know if how much of a thing lotteries were back then. And then, uh, and then one of the folks we had come up was uh, this lady from San Antonio to teach us how to tape up our ankles. And we're like, what? What's that? Because, you know, I just started running. I'm like, why would you tape your ankles? But um, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, that's how I first. And then people said, you know, oh, well, well, so our, our the leader of that club was Joe Persadis, who also was the guy who started Rocky Raccoon 100 miler, Bandera 100K and other races in that Tejas Trails family. And so, um, you know, it wasn't long before someone was like, oh, you should do Rocky Raccoon or whatever. And then it was like, you know, my first year of running and then here I am running a 50 miler because um, they're like, I don't know, there's a fine line between encouragement and tricking you into doing something maybe you're not ready for. Like, oh, yeah, you could do that. That would be great. Yeah, you fell in with the wrong crowd. Yeah, you're, you're familiar with that, huh? I feel like you felt yeah. some of that encouragement. I think I saw one video where you said, all you got to do is be willing to go out and keep going. <laughs> right, and when you're surrounded by people who are encouraging that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what chance do you have? Right, right, yeah. So, yeah, so what I wanted to kind of like reflect on your some of your performances was through the lens of your Leadville stuff. So you ran Leadville, I believe it's three times. Um, so starting in 2010, I think I ran it four wait, times. One. Maybe no, I'm no, wrong. You're right. it's four Am I times. wrong? Yeah. Okay. 2010, 21, 19, 47. First shot, first kill. You won 
uh, won that race. Uh, and earlier that year, you'd won Rocky Raccoon. So then came back two years later in 2012, and you came back after winning Bandera, Rocky Raccoon, Havelina 100. You came in second in Bandera, 14th at Western States. And at that, that Leadville, you took 35 minutes off of the previous year's time. So you got half an, more than half an hour faster, and that got you 13th after winning. So 13th overall, or was I second? I think I was second female, though. No, no, no. That was 2014. Hmm. When you, uh, anyway, behind it's all a blur. 2014 was, uh, you, you came in second behind Emma Roca. Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember. So you came back after to 2014 after setting your 100 mile PR at Umstead and uh, won that in 1507. That uh, that Leadville in 2014, you took another 43 minutes off of the previous one, and that got you second behind Emma Roca. Rest in peace. After what sounds like you had an epic bar fe bar fest because uh, it sounded like she passed you at mile 97, but you still was like 20 minutes behind. So you must have still had some business to do after she had uh passed you i was just a disaster she was so lovely she was like are you okay and i was like um, no <laughs> <laughs> finish strong <laughs> see you later yeah. wow um and then 2015 you came back after taking second at rocky raccoon in 1534 you did marathon de sabla comrades and then this time you took another 27 minutes off of your previous year's time and that got you another win in 1934, in which you beat the next competitor by about 20 minutes. And that was Kara um, Henry had came in second that year. Um, so over that five years, you took about an hour 46 off of your time. And uh, that's very impressive. And that's pretty interesting that it like, you made all that progress. And still like that last year, you only won by 20 minutes, you know, like, even though that time that you set on that year, would win any other year up to now except for one. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah, I um, yeah. I mean, I think like the more, well, you know, Leadville's a it's an interesting hundred, right? Because the altitude just squashes people, and so if you don't live somewhere high or have the opportunity to go out there and acclimatize, you know, then 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 you can't run well there. And so it really, um, it alters the field a ton, you know? And so there are like super fast people that come out, but that just get squished, <laughs> you know? And it's fine, like, and, you know, kind of traditionally Leadville is people will run really well through 50 miles and then they've been out in that thin air, you know, for eight plus hours. And at that point they start to feel the effects of it. And it just, you know, you get sicker and sicker and sicker. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the altitude takes care of a lot of people. And that brings me to another observation about that. Uh, looking at the, if you look at the winner's column on Leadville, you don't see a lot of Texas flags. It's a lot of Colorado flags. Um, so how did you, how did you uh, account for the altitude and all that? Not having mountains. Uh, Central Texas isn't known for its mountains. It is not. No, I had the opportunity to be able to go up there 10 and 12 days early. And so I was able to acclimatize enough to perform well like for sure um i was slower than down than i would be down here but you know you're not racing at top speed you're just <laughs> you're just continuing and so that was enough time for me um to be able to to perform 
And, and, and like, that's the thing for people, right? Like people don't have 10 and 12 days to just go spend time up high. Like, you know, sometimes they have the opportunity if they have a job that'll allow them to kind of be on the computer and then they can just sit up somewhere high. I remember Ian would go and uh, take calls on the top of Mount Elbert, <laughs> just sit up there. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the trick. You know, they talk about, you'll always hear people as this Texas runner talk about like how wonderful it is to train in the heat um, in order to be able to run well at altitude. And most of those people do not live <laughs> in the Texas heat <laughs> because if they did, they would recognize that it's not that awesome. <laughs> um, and, uh, and what it does is it makes you really good. I mean, there are physiological changes that happen, um, but really what it makes you good at is just kind of being able to uh, continue on when you feel miserable. <laughs> like you're expert at that. Um, but as far as being able to, after kind of eight hours, give you any sort of, of benefit um, to running up high, like it just does not play out that way. And people go up there every year hoping that that's the case and just end up kind of squashed. Right, yeah, because it gives you the increased blood plasma volume, volume, but it doesn't give you any the extra blood cells, which would come in handy. Right. Um, but right. yeah, going out for a lunch run and where you live is... Uh, that's rough. I take the wind out of your sails. It's just unbelievable. Like, yeah, it's for instance, in Austin, big running town, they got the, um, the trail that goes around the lake four or five o'clock in the morning, yeah. in the middle of the summer, boy, 400 people out there. Easy. You got there at noon. It might be one person. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Wow. Kudos to you. Um, nice. Well, so can you, uh, talk to me about that kind of progression as you went over those years, you know, you, a lot of training theory is like sort of, you're making very educated guesses and some of stuff, some of experience experiments that have worked with you in the past or for your coach. And then you kind of got to play them out and see, did that make me faster? How did that work? Or did they get slower or what's going on here? Um, can you kind of speak to that progression of trying out things and then seeing, I mean, obviously it, it appears that over the long term of that five years, you were very successful. Can you kind of speak to what that process looked like? I was working with um, Coach Amanda McIntosh, who had, was a previous Leadville winner. She was one of the first women to win twice at Leadville, who happened to live here in San Antonio. Um, so I really benefited from her expertise. Um, I think, you know, the, the change from one year to the next year is simply just experience you know what i mean like you just like you don't have to change anything about your training you can get better at the next <laughs> the next hundred you do by just you know being a little faster at aid stations being a little more efficient here and there like that and you know over the course of 100 miles like wham that cuts off a ton of time <laughs> um and i i think that um i think that was the biggest um thing that changed i just got more efficient and understood more kind of like, you know, what I needed to carry, how to get in and out of aid stations, you know, what was going to be what was going to be helpful um, as far as pacers, you know, things like that, um, more than any sort of huge uh, change in my training. Like I, I spent a lot of time hiking uphill on a treadmill, you know, Leadville's it, you know, it's in the mountains, but it's not, it doesn't have huge, uh, a huge amount of vertical gain in the race. And really, you know, and it's, and the trails are 
not rugged, right? And so you really can do a ton of training on the treadmill. You're like, here I am training for Hope Pass. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> here is the power line hike. I will now do that. Um, and then, uh, and then, like there, there are you know some of the downhills feel for some folks a little bit technical, um, or it's hard to run real fast on them. But you know, like living in the Texas Hill Country, all we have is rocks to run on, and so that always felt really easy. And so just kind of the more I was running on that, the easier some of those sections um, in Leadville felt, where it was just easy to kind of like, you know, take advantage of the lovely downhills that they have. Yeah, yeah, it's in comparison to say a course like Bandera, I'm sure Leadville might have felt more like California carpet where it's like, oh, look, you know, it's not, yeah. not out horse would, trails or anything, you know, like. Right. And I've, I've learned for sure coaching wise that that our Texas perspective of what is an easy trail is off <laughs> that, you know, like we're it's definitely colored by what we usually run on. Uh, and so to be real careful to talking to people about like, oh, yeah, it's like super smooth sailing downhill off Oat Pass. And people are like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, well, I mean, yeah compared to here yeah <laughs> so so you did a, a fair amount of uphill treadmill running did you uh do you still believe that everyone has a, a certain amount only a certain amount of uh, treadmill miles left in them or in them well i mean that's been true for me <laughs> i think well i mean i think with your running as you go through your career there comes a point where you know what you're willing to do to perform at a certain level changes you know you're like yeah i'm just I, i'm not willing to you know do x y or z anymore and uh for me i reached that with the treadmill like i am not willing to be in my garage for you know hours at a time mm -hmm. just <laughs> Like with my computer, you know, strapped to the top of the truck. I just like, I, yeah, I'm not interested in that anymore. Like I've done that. Um, and so, so yeah, so I think a fun way to say that is, yeah, like <laughs> everybody has a treadmill limit. Um, but it does seem to play out that way, right? With people's running, like they reach the limit. And they're like, yeah, I'm not, you know, if it's going to take an hour of yoga every day for me to be able to do this kind of running, like I'm not, I'm not going to do that kind of running anymore because I don't want to do an hour of yoga, you know? Oh man, that's great. Yeah. And you're still doing that yoga. You're doing some yoga, some strength training now with your lead in, right? I have, uh, I've shifted to uh, mobility. I'm work. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> really the yoga I was doing was, was mobility yeah. work, you know? Um, uh, and, uh, and yeah, it's, it allows me to keep, keep going in the way I want to keep going. So yeah, just more and more things are necessary in order, you know, and I've, I've, talk to folks about this like it's um gosh if you want to perform a certain way then you have to do all those things that you've been told forever are good for you mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're like ah, now i have to do them and they are good for you yeah it's interesting that i feel like for a lot of people the older you get and if you want to keep performing well then you have to become you become more and more of an expert in recovery and like all the yep, all agreed. the specifics all the little things like sleeping when you eat how much you eat whatever all the things um but it becomes hard right like because it keeps changing it's like ah okay i've got it now i understand and then yeah. like you get older <laughs> you keep getting older yeah. and you're like ah, i gotta and so it, it's super challenging it's like going through puberty right yeah. <laughs> um and uh, you're like ah, i gotta figure this out so yeah. nice yeah i just yeah and then it's also you know it's tough because if you're pushing yourself at all, like you're going back to bad water and I imagine it's not just a finish. Um, 
uh, it's probably to, you know, do as well as you can. And so, you know, there is some pushing of whatever the limit is now for you. And so then you're still like, there's going to be some points where you're like, is this what it feels like? Or am I pushing too much? Or am I not pushing enough? Or, you know, yeah. it's always the, it's always changing. Yeah. yeah. It's super hard to tease apart. Like, is this because it's like when you have young kids too, it's like, is this the exhaustion <laughs> or am I like running too much or I'm not really sure. And so, yeah, like, and I think that that's the hard thing with getting older as a runner is that, you know, you're surrounded by all these messages of, you're getting older, you can't do this, you can't run as fast, you can't. And so it's really hard to kind of, you know, look in a clear eyed way at your training and say like, oh, it's my training, like I, I need to change this, this and this, and then I will feel better and not default to like, well, I'm just old now. And I can't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, sorry. No worries. Yeah, I think it's it helps too to be, you know, you know what they say, the you have the, you're the average of the five people you hang out with or whatever. So sometimes I'm lucky in that, like, I don't have a bunch of in-person hangout time. So I get to pick those people a little more, you know, specifically. So like online, like right now, I get to hang out with you. So it's like you're raising me up. Or um, when I'm on a road trip, I'll listen. I listen to the Joel Friel book. um, Was it Fast After 50? And I was like, and he's basically like, well, you should run fast. Try that. You know, like that's the book, you know, and I was like. (laughs) Oh, right. So it's basically like just train and then like it's going to take you longer to recover, maybe, or you got to be creative with it, how you space your workouts, maybe. Um, but other than that, like try running, you know, <laughs> maybe. Fast. Right, right, right. Like it's a project. Yep. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So what has uh, so what are some unexpected lessons that that ultra running and then the course the training is the biggest part of it as opposed to the racing. But like uh, what are some unexpected lessons that it has taught you um, about life in general or yourself? I mean, the transference with ultra running is so straightforward, right? Like if you keep going, things will <laughs> likely get better and then they'll get bad again, but then they'll get better. You just like, you just keep moving. Um, I mean, the reason I like being a coach of ultra runners is because you get to talk about those like all those lessons that are so in your face transferable right mm-hmm. um that uh what's important is showing up every day and doing your best <laughs> you know and that if you are if you consistently do that you will get to a different place <laughs> you know mm-hmm. than you are right there um so i guess you know, I got into it for the community. And so I, I value that hugely. Um, but I think that I have been surprised, I guess, by how, um, useful these transferable pieces are. Like when things are hard in my life, it's just very easy to slip into, well, it's like mile 80, (laughs) you know, I'm just gonna, (laughs) or yeah, like, well, at least I'm not like vomiting in the back of a minivan. (laughs) Like, and it's 120 degrees outside. It's better than that. So I guess I can, you know, um, those kind of things. So, uh, so yeah, so the transference piece or like how um, straightforward the transference piece has been, um, has been a surprise and very useful. Yeah, I bet you, uh, you make sure when you're putting sunscreen on your kids, you get them very evenly coated. After your experience <laughs> with the keys. I am, I am the worst at that. <laughs> have to say <laughs> oh man yeah. I, I i was reading that race report and i was like 
I read what you said, like, oh, I burnt myself pretty bad. And I was like, oh, yeah, people burn themselves. And I scrolled to the picture. I was like, oh, my word. <laughs> yeah, it was grim. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was grim. My friend who, uh, my good friend who, who crewed me, that was, uh, we had just uh, come across a picture of that, uh, that burn. He was like, yeah, I still feel real badly about that. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, that'll make you get over your, you know, self, uh, self-consciousness about like, you know, when sometimes when you're crewing people or you're like, you're putting on their socks or stuff and you're like, I'm not trying to be cutesy right. here or whatever, but like those sorts of experiences will get you over that where you're like, okay, we're going to slather this stuff on you. Just hold still. Slather me yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, what would you say uh, some of the ways that your relationship with running has evolved over the years? That's an interesting question. Has my relationship with running changed? I guess I'm I'm a little less willing to prioritize um, miles than I than I used to be for sure. You know that I think that there's I have a better like running is very important to me. It's very useful to me. Um, like it it keeps me um, happy and even keeled. Um, and so I will always do it, but I'm less willing to kind of defer to, um, conventional wisdom about what is required for training to the detriment of my family. Um, you know, so if it's like, well, it'd be really good to run all day. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's not Whereas before I think I was, um, much more willing to, oh yeah, yeah I just didn't have the experience. I was like, what? Well, I have to do this. And now I'm, I'm willing to play around more with what is necessary um, in order to, yeah, keep my family happy. Mm -hmm. And are you still, when you're making those, not compromises, but I guess getting creative with your training, are you trying to still hold to that same performance level that you have in your mind? Or are you willing to also compromise on that where it's like, well, I'm willing to take whatever results this type of training will give me, or, or is it a little mixture of both? No, I, I, I race less because I can't train um, as hard as I would like to with all the family commitments now, mm -hmm. um, with the kids being a lot older. Um, but the goals themselves for the races that I'm going to do know that I'm, st I'm still going out to yeah, do my best. You're still going to go crush some underachievers, I see. That's good. Heck yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, cool. Well... One of the things that I saw that um, the the reason main reason I've got, I got you on here is to talk about uh, this band of runners camp um, down at it's called Lynette's Wings, and it uh, is the name of the camp that it's held at, right? Well, it's the H.E. Butt Foundation okay. camp, and so the H.E. Butt family owns this um, property out near Lakey, Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, that's just gorgeous, right on the Frio River, um, and they host nonprofits there. Um, that's their mission, and so we recognize that they had trails out there as well mm -hmm. on their property, and so we um, uh, contacted them and asked if we could host a trail running camp there for Band of Runners, and they have just been marvelous. Um, and so, yeah, every year we'll go out, um, and we're there for three days, and we get to run on these just gorgeous trails out um, on the Frio River in the Texas Hill Country. Yeah, the Frio River looks amazing in the pictures. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, so it's pronounced Lakey. I, th I thought it was appropriate, though, because I was like, oh, Lakey. That makes sense. It looks like it's leaking with the river there. Um, so out there with Band of Runners, you're creating a place of kind of acceptance and community. And it, it seems you've drawn in people to come mentor at the camp that are like you. They're kind of they're humble and they're full of compassion and uh, they're focused on the mission, um, which is to, you know, kind of create this safe place out there. Um, how how have you um, like gone about like creating a safe environment for these folks? So, uh, so I guess I've kind of skipped over a main thing is like the main focus that you're trying to get to are mostly people that are uh, either have P PTSD or family members of folks who had PTSD, right? Am I characterizing that? Correctly? Yeah, we, yeah, but we aim to integrate military veterans mm -hmm and surviving family members into the trail running community. Mm -hmm. And so these folks oftentimes might be at loose ends. Mm -hmm. um, and we feel like because we have benefited so much from being part of the trail running community and from trail running itself, um, that these folks will benefit as well, you know, in the ways that we have. And so the whole idea is to teach the ins and outs of trail running to folks. Um, some folks are, um, have a big background in road running. Some folks have done a little bit of trail running. Some folks are, you know, they've lost their fitness. And so they're just kind of starting that process over again. Um, and so we have folks of all ability levels who come out there. And then, yeah, like you said, we're able to invite mentors from all over the United States, just long time um, trail and ultra runners um, and who just share what they know. Like the whole idea was to be able to share in the way that originally trail running information was shared, like on long runs, talking in a group. And so we, you know, you really can only talk to about three people at a time on a trail easily. And so the idea was that we would have this one mentor for every three campers that we had come out. Um, and so basically we, we run and, you know, teach as we come upon things. Um, but because we can't run most people for three days straight, uh, we, <laughs> we recognized it's also broken up with um, teaching about, the, 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 you know, kind of the necessities of trail running, like how to stay warm and dry, how to stay cool, <laughs> um, you know, blister prevention, blister care, uh, nutrition, uh, all, things like that um, that allow for um, for good running. Nice. Yeah. And so I imagine some of these people haven't uh, run ran a t some of them have not ran a ton or they haven't ran since basic training and they're like oh running great um so i imagine that i i have heard that you you do uh, offer a, a a section or a piece of uh training called uh was it about running form can you talk about the oh my gosh yeah joe yuhan has come down to the camp to help out so initially we um did the trail running camp for team rwv mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then we create our own nonprofit band of runners. Um, and Joe's been here since almost the very beginning and he comes down, he just does an exceptional job, um, teaching very easy to understand, um, changes that you can make in your body position that help with running. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he teaches running form. Um, and it's so fun to watch because it is like the way that he does it is very, very effective. And you can just see people you know, kind of light up as they, they're like, oh, 
if I do this, then this, ah, I can do that, you know, and then to be able to go out and, and practice it for the rest of the weekend is great. And he does um, also a class on injury prevention, which is quite effective as mm -hmm. well. I heard that there's also another running form part that y'all do that uh, Dominic Grossman has kind of helped out with the aid of a Snickers bar and the uh... Oh, what, so what you're talking about is one of the things we definitely want the folks who come to camp to leave with is an understanding of trail etiquette um, and leave no trace uh, principles. Like we don't want people to come to our camp to start trail running and be jerks um, about it. Uh, and so we have, we put on this skit annually, which is the highlight of the camp for me. <laughs> um, and so we have each of the mentors will demonstrate some sort of bad trail practice, right? Like, you know, throwing your trash on the ground or listening to your music really loud so everybody can hear it or yelling at aid station volunteers. And so they'll act this out and then the audience will yell, hey, that's not cool. And then the mentor will say, you know, like, yeah, don't throw trash. <laughs> on the ground like no one's come to clean that up um and so yes we do have one which is was a result of um doing the uh sweeping at rocky raccoon one year which talks about how if you are going to defecate you should not do that on the trail or anywhere near the trail um and how to do that appropriately and uh yeah dom grossman for a long time uh was the um actor um who demonstrated uh pooping on the trail nice. uh with the aid of some uh yeah chocolate candy oh man that's fun that's fun yeah, I saw some video that he made of you uh, at Rocky Raccoon, and he was demonstrating. Yeah, and they were demonstrating uh, your, you know, earlier you were talking about you get better at going through aid stations, and uh, you were just like chucking bottles at crew, man. You were cooking out there. It was great. It was great to watch. Um, well, that's great. I love that. That sounds like a, a fun event there. Um, one of the things that you do out there, so you kind of uh, through the camp. You're training them, um, and it sounds like the mission is to kind of is to integrate them into the trail community. Is that right? Correct. Okay, yep. cool. And then also one of the things you are doing as well is uh, the sort of race support thing. So can you talk a little bit about that piece? Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know that if you're feeling led to contribute to the Band of Runners, one way you can do that is to go to bandofrunners.org support, and there's different ways that you can contribute there. Again, that's bandofrunners.org support. Yeah, for sure that, you know, part, being part of the trail running community is not just running races. Um, it's it's supporting the trail running community. And so we talk a lot about, you know, going to volunteer and learning through volunteering. And, you know, these folks have just exceptional skills, right? And so a place to put these skills to use um, and be useful to others, um, which is very empowering, um, is at trail races. You know, there's all sorts of stuff. There's all sorts of stuff to do. Um, and so we have started meeting up 
at different trail races to facilitate that. And so we'll meet up at Bandera um, in January and then Rocky. Um, and then there's a 24-hour race um, that one of the mentors, Alex Papadopoulos, puts on in Virginia. Um, the, I think it's called the 24-hour trail running festival. Um, and so we'll, we'll be out there and then we'll be at Scotty Coomer's um, race, the Badger 100 in July. Um, and so, yeah, and so just, you know, uh, make it, you know, we're kind of an on-ramp uh, into the, into the community. And the whole idea is that, you know, the more that you do and can help others and, you know, can, can do on the trails, the more resilient, um, you feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It seems like with folks that are struggling, uh, people that are come back from say war zones, they, uh, they have like a specific set of skills that have really served them in wartime, like being hyper aware being uh, like sleeping lightly, um, like um, noticing things that other people don't. But then they also have like this big thing where they've, you know, they have this like brotherhood or kinship or sisterhood, however you want to put it. And when they come back to America or to, to their homeland, whatever they have, those skills don't serve them as well. And especially if they have some sort of traumatic event that they're trying to deal with, then, you know, they're quite aware of all these issues that they run into. But then they feel like they don't have that camaraderie and that they don't have anybody, that no one gets them, right? So like the people at their work, they don't know what they're going through and they don't want to talk about it. Um, it seems like them all coming together uh, in, in this situation, in a safe place where they can talk to other people who get it, seems like a great drop in where it's like, a solution that like, I don't even know that you would need to orientate them. It's just like you put them together with this running. And then I feel like most people would, most of the campers would just get it like, okay, here it is. This is working already just by virtue of being near each other. Well, and I think that that's how it is for all of us, right? Like we got into trail running because all the parts of it um, are useful to us. Mm -hmm. Right. Like they, they they are uplifting and being part of a community is grounding and, you know, and, and fills you with joy. And so all that we do at camp is make that accessible. Mm -hmm. Right. And so all we're teaching, like we're teaching how to how to run on trails um, and ways to plug into this particular community, um, because that's all we're qualified to do, you mm -hmm. know, um, and you know being part of the community like that's that's all that's necessary right like that's what you're saying like now you're here and this is a good like the the umbrella is huge in our community um there's a place for everybody um and it's just and it's everywhere you know and so just connecting people with what's going on where they live um is just very very straightforward yeah and it seems like it's just because of how raw people are on the trail i don't know if it's raw or whatever or as candid as we are like for instance we are right now having a conversation on on an interview online about pooping right like that's not a normal topic of conversation for people for most people i should say but for trail runners it's like yeah it's pretty it's very common like you know some people say hey what's your goal for this race and some people say oh you know it's the same as everyone like try not to poop my pants like <laughs> like it's a very common thing um, go ahead yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, like the 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 running and running in hard environments and running long, <laughs> um, just fast forwards relationships certainly, mm -hmm. um, which is which is useful. Yeah, that's awesome. 
uh, so can you kind of share like, well, what, so you grew up in a um, military family. I think you went to high school in Germany and then you came to the States and what, what, it, you know, you saw the band of, or um, team RWB and that kind of, you were like, Oh man, I run, I could help these people. And then, you know, you, tr you came over here to the band of runners thing. Like what, what is it that, um, you know, there's a lot of hard things that has to be, that you have to do to make this happen, right? Like getting groceries, whatever, all the things, you know, organizing travel. My husband. Does oh that. yeah. That's <laughs> nice. He does all the groceries. He does do all the hard things. You're right. My husband and my sister. Oh, nice. Well, I was going to ask you what, you know, what's, what's the motivator here, but like, uh, you know, all you got to do is, uh, well, you get, my coping mechanism is give it to somebody else, you know, like, um, but I was wondering like, yeah, what, what, um, I guess, okay, let me pivot then. I'm going to ask a different question. Do you, how do you, how did you, when you first started the band of runners, how did you kind of get over yourself when you're like, I just, I can want, I got to get this right. You know, because like you're, you're serving other people. Um, you want to get the camp right. I mean, I guess you had a little experience from RWB already, but like when you are putting on and it's your, your you know, it's your baby and you're kind of responsible then how did you kind of like say, well, I got to at least just do it first and then we can make it better or whatever. How did, how did that look for you? In general, I am not encumbered um, by needing things to be perfect. You know, like I definitely do live the, like, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Uh, and so, yeah, like, I mean, all we're doing is taking people running and that's not hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, you know, how do you put on a good trail race? Well, you mark it and you have water available. <laughs> like, and, and, and there's a, you know, and, a, and you time it, right? Like, that's it. That's what, that's what's necessary. Um, and so that's how I felt like, it's like, gosh, I know all these good people. We're going to come together in a place with trails and we're going to go running. Mm -hmm. You know, and so uh, so fundamentally, like there's no there's no pressure in that because we all know like that's great, going to be great, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And so every year we get better um, about like particular things to make the experience better for people, certainly. And that's really exciting. Like that's fun to figure out. And it's really fun to figure out, like, what do people need to leave here solid in? And how do we make that happen for everybody who shows up? But fundamentally we're just going running so it's not rocket science okay. <laughs> certainly you know so yeah. it sounds like the main thrust of your focus is just like providing a good running camp for these folks you know for a, a, a population that needs it that deserves it uh people that are you know we could serve better and then it's like kind of up to them what they take out of it right I mean, yes, and we want them to leave feeling like they could safely go for a trail run. They have some idea of a race that would be appropriate. They know that they, they have people they can ask questions of as they, as they train and proceed towards that. They know folks that can support them at that race. You know, that's, that's what we want people to have as they leave. And, and then like, yeah, of course, like all the good things that go with <laughs> that, um, happen as well. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I imagine that a lot of the people that are coming in to mentor are like, Oh, I'm going to come over here and help out. And I'm going to serve this, this wonderful, um, you know, camp. 
and you know i'm going to help to make it as good as possible but then when they leave they're like oh i got served because there's you know there's so much they get out of it yeah i the 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 hardest aspect of putting on this camp actually is trying to limit the the number of mentors because there are so many good and qualified people and you know ultimately we can't have like a one-on-one -on -one, <laughs> you know like there's just not enough to do um and not enough beds so that's all that's always challenging yeah i mean no one has ever turned me down um but that's not true this very very few people have ever turned me down um, about coming to the camp. And it's always just simply been a scheduling thing because um, it is such a straightforward way um, to make their running useful and people want to do that and they want to serve this community in particular. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I read one post about, uh, that Corey Waltering put up about, um, who was he guiding? It was the guy who ran Badwater. Um, Aaron yeah, Hale. that's right, Aaron Hale. And he just like took so much from that. And he was like, oh my goodness. Cause it was, he said that, he said that he falls a lot. And, you know, it's a very common thing in trail running. You know, it's some, it's some part of it. And he was like, I wouldn't have picked me to guide this person who uh, is vision, vision and hearing impaired. Um, he was like, I would, so he was ultra nervous, even though this person, you know, doesn't probably run as fast as Corey on, you know, flat level ground. I don't know though. I don't, I'm not familiar with Aaron. He might, um, but he was like super nervous from it. And he was like, oh, and there's a person putting their trust in me. And he was like, I got to do this right. And um, yeah, it just sounded like it's an enriching experience. And I imagine that that's not, uh, a, you know, a, a rare occurrence for the mentors. Yes. And so one, Corey was exceptional. He did, this was his first year at camp and he was just a, a rock star. He did a wonderful job, like, you know, um, it's clear um, that he feels a great deal of um, compassion for um, for people. It was good. He he he, he was a good fit. Um, and two, um, I lost my trail. Of thought, my train of thought there. No worries, no worries. <laughs> um, I was just saying that people. I think. Oh, I know. Just that the I do the that just that. Um, a lot of times the mentors, just like teachers always, right, don't know the impact that they're having. Like we don't share um, a, the the um, veterans' backgrounds, all the details, only things that are necessary for safety. Um, and so a lot of times it's just like in life, you don't have any idea what's going on for somebody. Um, and so a lot of times I think that the mentors don't recognize the impact that they're having um on on the folks who come to camp which is unfortunate i do my very best to 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 share the feedback that we get but um yeah you just never know the impact that you're going to have um on on someone and so you just have to to you know what as they do go about you know doing a good job um and trusting that that it'll be useful and it it sure is what's uh, an, an example of the way that a camper has been impacted that uh was a way that you didn't anticipate? I think, you know, I think honestly, I'm always surprised by how meaningful the camp is for some people, because like I said, we're just getting together and running trails and, and we'll have folks talk about how, how it did have a specific impact on their lives and it was gonna change how they, 
you know, kind of proceeded forth, you know, and it gave them the ability to do X, Y, and Z. And it's always just like, oh my, like it was, we just went running, you know, in a, in a nice place with good people. That's it. And so you leave camp and you feel, you feel a bit sad that it has that kind of impact. And then also really heartened, right? Like that doing something so straightforward and something that you enjoy has an impact, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like, I think that if I were to tell you specifics, it wouldn't quite have the, um, like, it wouldn't resonate as, as, as much as, like, it would sound kind of trite, some of the things, like, oh, somebody started running or finished a 100-miler or was able, um, yeah, so I don't know that there's a way to kind of uh, express by giving you specifics how it does seem to lift people um, and make them feel a bit more resilient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to imagine some of it's the, that the camp is sort of a catalyst towards encouraging them to, you know, be part of a community, you know, to, to not be alone or to be less isolated, but to be like, Hey, I can meet strangers, talk to them about weird stuff. And then, and then now I got friends, you know, an hour later. There's a whole group of weirdos <laughs> doing weird stuff yeah. that I can be with. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, what is, uh, so with the camp, uh, I think it's, how many years have you been going on? It's 11 years now or something? I believe so. Or yep. It's either 10 or 11. I wasn't sure if the COVID affected it or whatever, but um, what, what I wonder is like, so what do you want to see more of out of the Band of Runners camp? Our next big step is trying to have an impact outside of camp. And so our next step is really being at more races and helping people connect with their trail running communities. Mm. Um, And so, you know, so the first step, the first part of that is us just being at races and helping folks at races, you know, helping them to volunteer at races or to race, you know, supporting them actually running the races um, so to do do more of that um, so that it's not just this kind of annual event um, that, uh, has a big impact, but then, you know, kind of peters out to the re- throughout the rest of the year. Um, so that's what we're, we're working on right now. Um, and you know, that, that requires money. Um, and so part of us is trying to, trying to spread the word about what we're doing so that people who do have deep pockets can help us so that we can be present for these folks. Okay, cool. So, um, and I think last year, let's see, or this past year, you had about 58 campers or so. I think about three years ago, you had about 30 campers. So there's, but I think there's a kind of a limit on how many people you can have at that camp at once because of the facilities. And then you did have before, I think you did something in Virginia, Virginia beach or somewhere like that. Virginia, is that right? Um, and Thin castle. Okay. And if you, would that be a thing you're wanting to do? Like say someone steps up and you have unlimited funds now, would you have like, you know, uh, whatever several camps or is it more just like have the central camp and then have the more you know um ad hoc meetings at these you know race events would be which would be a you know where people could kind of like you say plug into their local community no matter if they have the time or willingness to go to a whole camp travel down to texas or whatever right now our our thoughts are one camp and then let's let's extend into the community like let's get people set up in in their communities and let's be present at races and help at races and but um because yeah we're all volunteer and all of us have 
pretty much all of us have like two, you know, another job, maybe another couple jobs. Um, and so we don't have the bandwidth um, to do this full time. And I don't think it's necessary. Like, I think the first step really is like, hey, let's get people, you know, connected to their communities. Okay, cool. That's neat. Well, um, yeah, I want to, I'm excited to hear more about that because, uh, you know, I live in, I think a lot of people listening, just in general, there's a lot of towns that have, you know, say even some tourism aspect, like I live in Montana. So if there were some, you know, um, person spearheading it here, then they could be like, hey, well, let's, you know, reach out to this person and we'll go out for a run and I'll show you some trails or whatever. Exactly. Yep. Well, that's neat. I like that. So the, I guess the main way, let's talk about the, uh, some important stuff here. So the main way to get in touch with you, if someone wanted to help out, would be through band of, bandofrunners.org. And if they wanted to support, Correct. there's bandofrunners.org slash support. <clears throat> Indeed. What else do we have? What are other ways? That people... They could buy a t-shirt. Oh, yeah. And so... All the money from the t-shirt. Right, yeah. It's on, it's, <laughs> it's on the yeah. 10 Junk Miles website, but there's a link to it from the uh, from the bandofrunners.org. Uh, and yep. there are some, the older shirts are on sale for very cheap. And then there's like these fancy new rabbit shirts they are yeah, nice. they, look nice. they are awesome so uh yeah if you want a really nice shirt that also supports vanda runners like you should get yourself one of those rabbit shirts yes they are great and there's uh also um and you can just uh if you don't want a shirt you're like i hate shirts uh then you can uh you can also just donate directly so i'll uh I'll put... yeah and all the and it's an all-volunteer organization nobody makes any money um, and so it all just goes to to the camp. We do a fast packing trip in the Wind River Range in Wyoming in September. Um, it's kind of like Camp uh, 201. Oh wow! And uh, and then um, and then yeah, just support at races and things like that. So. All right. Cool. Well, I think that's all I have. Um, I really appreciate what you're doing. It's like I I feel like it's it's a very what you're doing is brave and it's also, it's, it's simple in its approach. It's like, Hey, let's go running. You know, there's like no judgments there. There's no like prerequisites there. It's like, you know, do you want to go? That's the only prerequisite. <laughs> and, and, and if you don't, well, let's go anyway. <laughs> maybe, and maybe then you'll like it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's always, it's this very, clear line for us like we're not mental health care professionals like that we we are not experts in that field and so what we are really good at and experts in is trail running and ultra running and so we'll do that and then we know that that does have other wonderful effects but what we're going to focus on is the trail running yeah it sounds like the kind of thing that could really bridge a lot of gaps you know when people speak about a fractured society or whatever it's like let's just go running man like i don't I don't need to know anything about the way you voted or your blood type. Well, maybe your blood type. Um. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, you, you talking with people who are potentially a lot different than you are, like then, yes, that, that is a really useful thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much, Liza. Thanks so much for having me. This has been great. J. Scott Chapman. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Extra Tomorrows. I'd like to thank Liza Howard for joining me and for as well as being a star in the constellation of hope and goodness for this world. 
please take a moment and go over to bandofrunners.org support and see if there's a way there you'd like to contribute to Band of Runners. Again, that's bandofrunners.org support. Thank you so much.